today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. Jamie Der- here. Derek here. Okay, talking about all sorts of things. Kanye, and we're talking about the Parkland verdict and sentence, and we're going to talk about whether protesters... Oh, my favorite. Oh, I want to get into it. My Believe goodness. me, whether they should destroy works of art, masterpieces, but we're going to start with Anna Sorkin. Um, this is really interesting. So look, I mean, they've done this huge Netflix documentary on her. Everybody knows about her. She's out of prison. She's in home confinement because ICE wants her out of the country. She's um, a German citizen who has overstayed her visa. And she thinks she deserves a second chance. She was on TMZ Live yesterday and really made her case that she has done her time and she thinks that immigration should look at that and say, you know what, we're going to give you a whirl. People in America are so fascinated with crimes, especially right now. So it was kind of like the perfect storm. I, I do feel remorseful about the things that I've done. I mean, um, I feel like I got a lot of time. It was my very first criminal offense and it was nonviolent, but it is what it is. I would be floored if you are persuaded by... I, I know her as Anna Delvey because that's what she presented herself to the world for a number of years By the while way, defrauding people. She has not yet jettisoned the word Delvey. She, oh, yes. She's she, still rocking it. Yeah. It, she, it's she, unbelievable. Kind of smart. She is very bright and, and, and dangerous, obviously, because she committed these these crimes. Let's remember that these are crimes of deception over a number of years. Was she able to persuade you with her case to stay in the United States after committing these crimes of real moral turpitude, she should absolutely be removed from the country in my mind. She, she has ru- no she basis for being ruined here. people's lives. Ruined and it. the delusional Guys, thing is... you're talking to me okay. like oh, I, I was sure. wondering. Well, I thought a sympathetic ear was there because well, you were like, we had her on TMZ Live and what a lovely lady. I didn't say that, <laughs> you did didn't. I? You didn't, but I was curious. Okay, so let me ask you a question. We are talking about, you know, immigration reform right now. We're letting, you know, people come into the country um, in ways we haven't in the past, and part of this has to do with the very nature of our country about, you know, opening it up to immigrants and whatnot. So sometimes immigrants cross the line and they make a mistake. Do you deport all of them? I'm just kind of- Are playing. we calling this a mistake? Yeah. I, I, I don't think, so 21 Savage, also in an immigration crisis, I think he was pulled over, some drugs. I think that, he was screwed. I agree. Yeah. That to me sounds like youthful indiscretion. He was, the process should work uh, to sort of allow people who make mistakes to be treated fairly in the process and maybe allowed to stay here. Anna Sorokin did not make a mistake. She committed a fraud over a number of years and was only apprehended when it was discovered. Okay. She didn't come forward. She, and uh, so those are the type of people okay. we don't need in the country. She um, did her time. Yes. And sometimes when people do their time, they learn. They actually become much better people. Well, uh, not Can- interested. We have enough better people here. We're and fine. You're, and you're big on, the, you know, don't take a snapshot of someone's life as the totality of their life. And she may lead a fruitful uh, sort of law-abiding life after this. It just doesn't deserve to be in this country. If she was here on a visa and committed crimes within our borders, she needs to leave. I also don't believe that she is a better person, though she keeps saying, I feel really bad. I'm like, no, you don't. Okay, first of all, stop the accent. Um, it was it was part and parcel of her fraud, I though, that so she I know, expectation but, in her voice. But I, I got to tell you, the thing that just fascinates I, I agree with you on this. But uh, what I know. Fa- I wish we could have some more know, friction here, but, but I feel like we're really, all on the side of kicking Anna Delvey out of the country. What really fascinates me is that I think Anna is set up for life. 
I think she is so notorious right now. And America is so messed up where that's what's celebrated that she's going to have a podcast that's going to do extremely well. She's probably going to write books. She's doing art now. She's actually pretty good. And she'll sell that. People will want that. Um, They will covet it. They will pay a lot of money for it. You know, the She's more extremely bright, as it, you said, in America these days, the more notorious, the better. You're a hundred percent right. She will be successful. Okay, we're going to move on. Um, let's talk about the art thing. Okay, oh, this this makes me so mad. So, um, two uh, anti fossil fuel protesters went in and uh, London's National Gallery and they threw soup. On Van Gogh's sunflower tomato painting. soup, not a broth. Tomato soup. So at yeah. first, I was almost thinking, is this some sort of like Warhol? Like, that's exactly what uh, I thought. The same <laughs> that's thought. exactly like, oh, tomato what. Tomato soup on a Van Gogh. Yeah. Right, and then they threw a picture of Marilyn at it. <laughs> uh, no, but these two two women, I, they're honestly children. The these dumb dumb kids are so young. So they go in, they throw the soup, they start yelling it all they about. They glue their hands to the they wall. They glue their hands. They take out two little glues, put it on their hands, rub it together, put it on the wall. First of all, idiots, what is that going to do? All it's going to do is hurt your skin in like two minutes. Then you're going to have stuff on your hand for you're the rest of the day. You're going to need nail polish remover and acetone You're only night. hurting yeah. yourself. And so they got arrested and they, they think they're making a point about fossil fuel that now the cost, I see, I can't even understand it because on the one end I thought, okay, they're protesting the use of fossil f- fuel, but what they seem to be saying is we're protesting the cost of fossil fuel. So which is it? It's so me- it's, it's so, so muddled. M- it's so muddled, and it, the protest itself has nothing these people, to do with climate These people climate change. are. I, I'm. I am all for protesting what we're not doing to save the planet. Sure. This is stupid. Well, these and kids it's not woke only up stupid, thinking they were going to change the world. But you know what they're doing? I, it, this. This is. You know, if anybody's in the line on climate change, because look, people to the left to center are for the most part. Um, they're down with doing something radical to save the planet. It's You're not pe- trying to convince them. It's the people right of center, and especially mm-hmm. just right of center, where they might be on the line. This pushes them the wrong way. Of course it does. It alienates them. This is a sort of lawlessness that you think the hippies on the left are wacky. You're never going to convince them with this kind of display. And protests used to be related to the mission. I mean, why are we destroying a Van Gogh? What did Van Gogh think about climate change? Let me give you an example. Do you remember when, I think it was PETA that threw flour on Kim Kardashian when she was wearing the coat? Look, you may disagree with what they did, but the fact is... That statement directly aligned with mm-hmm. the message. A hundred percent. They used to throw paint. Remember on fur coats. Then it was flour. There when was a we, nexus. I don't. When I don't we first it, when but. we first started TMZ, there was this fantastic story where there was a silent auction where you could have lunch with Beyonce, and there were all these people who were bidding, and the winning person, it was a woman, um, goes to this fancy restaurant. I forget which one. It was a very well known restaurant in New York. Sits down with Beyonce. And has a secret recording, and she's recording her, and right in the middle of of lunch, it's like, can we talk about you wearing fur and what this does? no. Well, okay, look. No, but I like that. You paid for the silent auction. You've got her ear. You can use it It was PETA. And honestly... It was kind of fantastic. Yeah, and then she ordered a rack of ribs. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that you you you've paid for the opportunity con- to have a conversation. It's, look, you and, it's, it and, and it's controversial, and it's controversial, but it's aligned. This is so dumb. And the problem is, 
it's now a thing. Yes. Remember, they threw paint, yeah. they threw cake at the Mona Lisa. Yeah. There were um, Bocelli's that were damaged. I mean, they're doing this now. What is the what is the alignment between art and climate? Nothing. It gets massive amount of coverage on 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 Twitter and in the media, and that's why they continue to do it. And you know, it's it is newsworthy when someone tries to destroy a priceless well, work of art. And that's why they're doing it. But there's no nexus. It's protected by glass too. So. You guys are. I don't think they want to destroy it. I think they want a news story about climate change, right? I, I don't think they're looking to destroy I, it. I think that these kids were young, and I think they don't even know. They don't even know. I don't think they're thinking about it. Oh. They just want their message out there. It's gross. Are we done with them? Yeah. We okay. Can be done with them. Um, okay. Kanye. I, I just want to go over something that we covered yesterday about these anti Semitic. Not just the anti-Semitic comments, but his explanation for the anti-Semitic comments are worse than the initial the, the initial point. Way worse. They're like his considered, reasoned opinion at this point. Considered, reasoned. When you listen to the photographer who first said, how was the documentary you just saw? And he said, I was great. And then stands there and says, is there anything else you want to ask me? He wanted this. He mm-hmm. thought about it. He wanted it. He thought about what he was going to say. And he tripled down on anti-Semitism. At some point, he said, I'm glad I crossed the line and we can have this dialogue. As if there's a dialogue to be had about the substantive merits of his comments about Jews. It's it's wild to me. He it, wants to have a conversation about it. What is there to have? Well, what he's saying is, you know, well, you know, I'm not anti-Semitic, but, you know, I do have issues. This is the same sentence, by the way. But I do have issues with the way Hollywood is screwed over black people. I'm not anti-Semitic, but I do have issues with the way... That is saying the Jews run Hollywood and they have screwed over black people. Um, that's what he's saying. Absolutely. There's no other way to read it. We're J.P. not, we're not Morgan, reading between lines. Same thing. Same thing. There is an uh, – if, if you guys haven't heard of this, I am telling you there is an – well, I've, I think a lot of people have heard of it. Ken Burns, his new documentary, The U.S. and the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and it's on PBS and it is absolutely sensational – I'm a Jew. I have studied this. I've read about Nazi Germany. I've spent a lot of time on this. I didn't know three quarters of the things in this documentary. The way the way the United States um, created scapegoats with Jews, and it is shocking. I mean, it is shocking, and it all brings this back. I mean, Kanye is the. 19 uh, two th- the, the, the 2022 version of a lot of the things that happened in the 1940s things that were said and it, it, it just kind of enraged me when I listen to this. Yeah, I mean, I think these kinds of comments are extremely dangerous for a reason. I mean, when someone like Kanye West, who has a huge platform, says this, it it, it, it sort of empowers and gives license to this kind of thought as somewhat legitimate, even though Kanye has gone on so many rants and sort of marginalized himself at this point in terms of what he's able to add to the conversation. There are going to be people who, like, latch onto this and say, so yeah, this, yeah, the Jews control Hollywood and they're screwing over black people. And this no longer feels like a rant. It's so dark and different. And really even dark. to the point that we now know that Kim has zero communication with Kanye and that has never happened in their entire history together no matter his ups his downs she's always still there they always text but she's she's gone well what is she going to do at this point she can't control the guy and if she tries she'll get blasted by him so what does she do and this is for the rest of her life Mm -hmm. can I just make one other point and I'm sorry for being so gratuitous here but that U.S. um that that Ken Burns show uh documentary just really triggered me when I was in high school, 
Charles Lindbergh was written about in history books and in my school as this incredible hero. And I remember I actually went, I hate myself for this, to Charles Lindbergh's grave in Maui, you know, on the road to Hannitz at the very end. He was a fucking Nazi. Yeah. And, well, I mean, obviously I know it now. But, but it, it's the history you were taught. But what, what, what were you supposed to think? They taught that he was a hero. He's a, but he was a time thing, man, man of the year. Let me tell you why it pisses me off so much. Because I was a kid. Yeah. He said all this stuff in huge rallies that were covered in on radio and newspapers. He was the antithesis. He, he was the counterpoint to Franklin Roosevelt, who was basically saying, you cannot do this. You can't stereotype Jews. You can't close the borders this way when people are getting murdered by the millions. And Lindbergh was head of this America First Committee. He was a raving Nazi. And with and so it wasn't like secret and people didn't know Everybody knew, yet the history books wrote this. I mean, remember, was it Jimmy Stewart who played him in the movie? Uh, I don't remember. Where yeah. the, All I remember is there was a fly in the cockpit. Oh, he was extremely popular. Yeah. A, and and uh, he, no, he was one of the great heroes of our time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's what I was taught in school. Yes. And he was a raving Nazi. Yeah, not shy about it. Not sort of his like not private shy views. About it. He would go to Madison Square Garden and espouse these things in front of hundreds of I believe of he went to Germany yeah. and, and and he had actually thought about moving to Germany and he was just he was a Nazi. Yes. And and everybody Proud, knew it. Through and, through. and yet the history book. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for going off in this rant, but I couldn't. I just. I don't know. That documentary was so good, and and really, you know, spent a little time on Lindbergh, and it is it, it, just incredible. Nobody yeah. tell Harvey about Walt Disney. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, some troubles in I didn't Henry know. Ford. Ew. I know. Well, they got there it. a lot of sympathizers. By the way, they got a lot of sympathizers. A lot. Oh, a lot of sympathizers. Yep. And, and it hasn't stopped. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. What a badass Nancy Pelosi is. <laughs> what a badass. I like this. Yeah. So the this new video has come out from the day of the insurrection where Nancy Pelosi's in her office and she's looking out of the window with some of her advisors out over the crowd that is advancing. Uh, and, you know, there's discussion about whether Trump will actually march on the Capitol himself. And Nancy Pelosi says she hopes he does so she can punch him out, <laughs> go to jail and feel so good about herself. <laughs> Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could change. Oh, he comes, I'm going to punch him out. I well, I would pay to see I've been waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. 
She doesn't seem to be putting on a performance. She, you know, there's cameras there, but she really dislikes. Oh no, him. it was, uh, and it, I, I feel it was like authentic. she might have thrown a punch. It was authentic. I agree. I, I, I'm ordinarily inclined to say, oh, she's putting on a show, and he's no. obviously not going to show up. But the emotion is so raw. They were just fed up. With well, this when guy's you watched, all, at this point. first of all. When are they going to release all this stuff? Yeah. How is this stuff coming know. out in these dribs and drabs? I agree. But, you know, over the last day or so, you know, you see her walking down hallways and corridors and rooms, and she's just pissed off. And, and you know, in the middle of this frightening episode, she is saying, we have got to have this vote today. How are we going to and, – and, and she was so focused and fearless. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was awesome. It was also interesting to see how everybody was united that she was on the phone with Mike Pence, and the only person who was being a big old baby was Donald Trump. Everyone else, Mitch McConnell was there, you know, she was saying that she had just Well, I loved, Mitch. I mean, Schumer did this thing. I forgot who he was talking to. He was talking to somebody in the administration, and he was saying, get Donald Trump to say something, and the person wouldn't give a clear answer, and he said, God damn you! And I mean, it was something like that, mm-hmm. and he, he was really pissed. Yes. If she threw I love a punch, it. Let, let me ask you a question. This is obviously a, a fun video. Donald Trump never got punched by Nancy, but what if he What if he had? Would you be sad, or would it, sad about the moment that this country has come to where the Speaker of the House throws a punch at the President of the United States? Would it be a moment of triumph? Would it be a moment of division in the country? I'm, I'm sort of trying to walk, you know, sort of think it would be, through it what would, that would look like for America. Half, half the country would say, um, I don't care how old she is, make her president. And yeah. half the country would say prosecutor. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. And that's sort of the sad state of affairs. I kind of wish it would have happened. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wish I would have seen this. I don't know if he would ever admit it, though. It, it, oh, if he got if, punched if without little, cameras little around? If little tiny Nancy Pelosi uh, came was, and he, sucked he, him he, in the he, face? He would, it didn't hurt. It yeah, didn't hurt. Absolutely. <laughs> Pushing his jaw out. Uh, okay. Um, and finally, um, on a this Very is a really tough one. So they are not going to give the Parkland killer the death penalty. Um, It's interesting because the woman, the juror who said no to that, the woman who said that the death penalty is not on the table for her because it had to be unanimous, said that she she talked to the Associated Press. She said, I did not go into this um, opposed to the death penalty in principle, but when I listened to the mitigating factors, the fact that he was raped as a kid, that he was a uh, subject, uh, he was the victim of fetal alcohol syndrome and all, um, that she felt that the mitigating factors outweighed the aggravating factors and the families are outraged at this. They're, they're absolutely outraged. I'm from Florida and it's a, it's a state with the death penalty. When I was growing up and you knew about, remember old Sparky, there were stories about our electric chair. People in Florida, it's, it's, it's sort of foreign to people in California. They really, uh, you know, believe in the death penalty as as the ultimate punishment. When you have someone like Nicholas Cruz, you'll always get mitigating factors. Even Jeffrey Dahmer had a case of, uh, you know, mitigating factors. Well, by the way, fetal Everyone, alcohol syndrome is not a, a, a rare occurrence. It's not. I mean, no. my, your entire generation. Or my my they all my, drank my mom smoked. drank and smoked when she was pregnant. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, look. They, uh, everyone endures uh, some trauma in their life, and the outrage to me feels feels real and and somewhat justified. If if not, if you have the death penalty as an available punishment in your state, how can a person like Nicholas Cruz not get the death penalty? That's that's the outrage that you're sort of hearing is. Then let's abolish it. But but in, in these circumstances, well, that's by, by the way, why, that's exactly it, what the it, parents said. Yeah, you know, you you can't not apply it when there's a mass murderer at a high school who takes down seventeen people. So think, you know, it, it's funny because I mean I agree with you. 
And, you know, when you listen to the parents, and I started thinking about this last night, it really got watching them. It's gut-wrenching. That really, Nicholas Cruz, this was a complete victory for him because Nicholas Cruz was not convicted. He pled guilty. Mm. So he pled guilty, and really he calculated by pleading guilty, I'm not going to have a trial. By pleading guilty, there are going to be two things on the table, and that's why I'm pleading guilty, and my end game is life without parole. He got it. He yes. won. Yes. Nicholas, K- Nicholas, um, uh, I'm Cruz. sorry. Nicholas Cruz won. And this these families that lost their kids, they just lost. You're so right, because when you plead guilty, you short-circuit the presentation of the right. evidence. And, and the presentation would have been so powerful this was to a vic- see. This was a victory for him. I, I, so I, there's I nothing, no, it's no, done it's over. forever. It's over. Over. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. And, and, um, and look, you know, you may be against the death penalty, and if you are, there are states that say that they will not enforce the death penalty. This state says they will. And then the question, uh, like one of the parents said, if not here, when? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and and yet, and, and on on the other side, you know, what's what's been interesting in my legal career is watching a lot of these cases, you know, where you see like, I don't know, Charles Manson. When you look at somebody like Charles Manson, you know, is he insane? I, I don't know. I don't what do know. you think? I, I mean, you've oh, read it. Char- Char- Charles, Charles Manson is sort of the definition of in- insanity. Yet he, he, he got the de- swastikas in his Yet head. he got the death penalty. Yeah. Now, it was converted because it was ruled unconstitutional yeah. and all. But there are a lot of people who say that when the crime becomes especially heinous and somebody really is insane, sometimes people will ignore the insanity and impose the death penalty. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel in this case it was the opposite, where he wasn't insane but they somehow took the leap. Yeah, I want to say one more thing about this. You know, one of the family members said, uh, you know, they're outraged by this. The jury got it all wrong, and they hope that people in prison take care of him, meaning they hope that he's murdered in prison. Yeah. That's a bad thing. You know, if you have the death penalty, but you can, you, it, it you brings can, up the you, ugliness in I, people I, to say, like, I want him to be murdered. Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. was beat to death with a barbell. Derek, cut him a break. I, no, I, no, I want, I understand it, but that's why break. we should apply the death penalty so that he is killed in a humane fashion to, 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 it brings out the worst in, in, I, the, in the victims as well to want this. I, I agree. Give I, him a break. I, I want to ask you a question. Yes. Let's say Nicholas Cruz, how old was he when he did it? 17? 17, I believe. Okay. Let's say Nicholas Cruz, when he did it, was 40. Mm-hmm. Same result? No. Right. Yeah. What's no. the difference? Age. Yeah. It's that Age. they didn't, that that I think, I think who, this woman, and, and I don't know. Look, I may be wrong. I'm just speculating. But I would think his age created more sympathy than if it were a 40-year-old dude who did something like this. He would have gotten the death penalty. I agree completely. And that and that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Yeah, because it? you're saying if the crime were the same, the level of premeditation, the planning that went into going it, that in, were coming fo- out, going, going back in. I know. If a forty year old does it, it reads very differently to people. Mm-hmm. So it, it's ex- extraordinarily. Will sad, he the whole be thing. in solitary solitary confinement? I don't know what they're going to do with him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, when they, they haven't said. Dahmer and Jim Pot, he got killed. He, by the way, he hasn't been formally sentenced yet. That's the judge's de- a decision, but he will be sentenced to life without parole because death penalty is now off the table. Yeah. Wow. Okay, everybody, have a good weekend. We will see you Monday. Thanks.